0: Welcome to the Leadership Forum. We call this the Leadership Forum. Where we discuss leaders and followers. It's
1: not a political trick.
0: This episode is a repeat of the live session that happens on Monday's mid-morning show with Ombo Imboru. Every once in a while we have to talk about some uh, issues that affect all of us. Featuring the Bishop of Christ is the Answer Ministries, Bishop David Oginde. There
1: are things that one can be able to do in order for them to be able to gets to where they want to go.
0: The Leadership Forum.
1: Leadership Forum, only on Hope FM. Listen and live.
0: All right now, the Leadership Forum is happening here at Hope FM. My name is Wambo Boimborough, Bishop of Christ is the Answer Ministries with us as we go through features of destructive leadership that after we handled transformational leadership last week. So we were at number three because because we did number one, the nature of destructive leadership being dominance, coercion, and manipulation. We looked at number two, where destructive leadership is seen as leader oriented rather than organizational. You know, or member oriented and number three we looked at how it compromises the quality of life for both the team and the organization and we said that in this kind of leadership members are always disgruntled and demotivated so we go to number four
1: is that so? Yeah, these are observations about uh, this kind of leadership is that uh, by the way, I didn't mention that this is a research that the result of a research that was done by some three scholars, mm. uh, Padilla, Hogan, and Kaiser. Who are those? Uh, these are scholars uh, on, on leadership matters. Okay, so they did a, this research among uh, in several organizations that were not doing very well. Oh, to find out what kind of leaders were at the helm of these organizations and how it ended up in this direction. So these are the five things they found out that we are sharing here okay. out of this research. All right. I, I think that is important for us to know, uh, that uh, these are the results of uh, a very extensive research on leaders who really destroyed their organizations and that's how they end up saying these are destructive leadership all right uh, so uh, the number four is that they found that uh, destructive leadership part of the reason is persist is because it is not always obviously bad so even in situations where people can say that uh, can see that this person or this leader is destroying our systems, our our, our organization, there is something that is still good about what is happening, uh, and therefore the leader is given the benefit of doubt, <laughs> and that perpetuates. Destructive leadership because it is not absolutely and entirely destructive, they are both good and bad results.
0: That's not a number four,
1: it it's, is a number four.
0: It is a number four, it's a, okay. it's a
1: finding ah. of, of this study. That, All right, that not in every situation you can obviously see that there's destructive leadership here because there are some good things happening. So, it, like the places we have mentioned now at national level, yes. uh, if you take Zimbabwe, you take Uganda, you take all these places, Kenya, not everything was collapsed. There were good things happening. And it is those good things that those who support say, but you can see what is happening. Like, for example, the transformation that uh, Mugabe was doing in terms of restoring the land... Back to the locals. Something good. The process he was using was crude, but the people were very happy that uh, our land is being restored back to us. A good thing. And there are Africans, uh, people across Africa who actually believe the Mugabe style was the best to get this. Uh, people who have stolen our land to return it. So those kinds of good things can keep a person, a bad leader in place. If you look at, there are some good things happening in Uganda. There are some good things happening in these other places. So it is not like everything is bad. Mm -mm. And because of those few good things, destructive leaders stay on. Because they can show you that this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. What will you do without me, you know?
0: Mm. This will
1: just stop. And the supporters also can point out to those good things that are happening.
0: Because every leader has supporters. Yes. Because
1: of that... Good that remains. That good that remains. That yes. <laughs> some, some the goodness. little that is, le- is left. Yes, makes people think that he is not totally bad. Mm-mm. Yeah,
0: and some people say, better the devil you, you know. know.
1: But it's a devil all the same. It's a devil. <laughs> a devil is a devil. There is no good devil. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that is a very uh, bad thing, actually. Because that is what perpetuates the life of destructive leaders mm.
0: is it intentionally made that way, or again, it just happens or does the leader know i to keep going, I must have this some good one things? good thing I will always point people at.
1: Sometimes it's deliberate, sometimes it's not. Because obviously even the worst of us has a good side.
0: Except the devil. Yes, the rest.
1: Even the devil.
0: No, he has nothing good, nothing at all.
1: No, 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 no. Then you don't know the devil.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to.
1: (laughs) Then you don't know the devil. <laughs> the, enemy. the Bible says he masquerades as, as an, an angel of light. light. When he took Jesus to the high mountain, he was not lying when he said, look at all these good things that you are seeing. If you bow and worship me, I'll give you half. And it was correct. Jesus said it is true. The things of this world are in your hands. Jesus confirmed that they're in your hands. But God has said, you shall only worship the Lord your God. If everything the devil had and does was bad, no one would follow him. Not one of us. But it is that good side of the devil that deceives us. And we think we are in very good hands.
0: But it's Strategic, it's a tactic, it's a strategy.
1: Yes, it, it is. It is, but it is also a reality. The Bible says God put those things in his hands. So it is it is both a strategy but also a reality. So therefore the Bible says, do not love the world
0: mm.
1: and the things of the world, Mm -hmm. because when you do so, then the love of the Father cannot be in you, because they are mutually exclusive. The world and its things are in the hands of the devil, and the things of heaven are in the hands of God. So you cannot love the world, which is of the devil, and love God at the same time. Mm. They are mutually exclusive, but they are very good things in the world. I mean, some of the things that you and I have had to live and forego are good things. Mm. Some of them are enjoyable things. Some of them are nice things. But you know that this is of the world, this is of the devil, and therefore you deny yourself so that you can walk the straight and narrow path. Yes. Yeah it is straight and narrow it's straight and narrow but so the things you are leaving there you are not leaving them because they are necessarily bad Mm-mm. they are actually good they are attractive they are enjoyable they are beautiful
0: yeah the way is broad
1: exactly like a now you are, you, are, you are agreeing <laughs> with me so this this uh,
0: okay
1: this this destructive leaders equally mm. have the good side of them and so when you see a person, you look at a person and you're saying, "He is so terrible, but he was so, so, so nice. I like the way he does this. It's only that I don't, I don't like this other one.
0: Very confusing. It is it
1: very confusing? Yes. And that is what perpetuates their stay. Yeah. That's what perpetuates their stay because they are not 100% bad. Mm. They are also good. So if, when this research is done and organizational members are being asked, what is your view of so-and-so's leadership? They will say the good and the bad. So they are not 100% bad. Even the people who hate them completely will still have to admit that there is a good side of them.
0: And that keeps them there many that, times. That keeps
1: them there. That keeps them there. Wow. That is the nature of destructive leadership. leadership. Yes. Wow. Unfortunately. And then number five is destructive leadership is not always, and this is a question you were asking earlier, mm-hmm. and we said we'll get to it, is not always the product of a destructive leader. Let me say that again. Destructive leadership is not always the product of a destructive leader. leader. Yes.
0: What else? What else would cause
1: destructive leadership? There are followers. Mm followers who we call susceptible followers, Mm. people who are gullible. You can say gullible followers, people who are blind followers. So when you look even in the religious, if I come to the religious Christian circle, you can see a Christian leader who is obviously abusing their membership who is obviously doing crazy things. I have watched a video clip of a pastor who is forcing his his members to eat grass. And they do eat grass. (laughs) Or you've never seen it? Not that one. South Africa, they do. And what amazed me on that video as I was watching it, it's a church service going on, So, it's like an altar call is made for people who are in need of some kind or whatever. Then they are told to go out and eat grass. And they go out. There's a camera there that is relaying what they are doing to the rest of the congregation. And as they are eating grass, the members of the congregation are clapping and cheering them on.
0: So they're supposed to eat grass for the healing. For of their whatever? healing and
1: deliverance. Yeah, and he and the speaker is out there saying, "Eat more, eat more, eat more," and you can see they're literally eating like cows, like. And I'm thinking to myself, and this place is packed with people. It's packed with people, and they are not dimwits. They are people who have brains. So you ask yourself, how does a person submit themselves to that kind of leadership? It means you have given up on your thinking capacity.
0: How? Oh, why did you get there as a follower? Uh, as a follower,
1: uh, we will we will look at the um, some of the, the the things that that bring that about. One has to be. One, of course, has to do with the leader himself, the character of the leader. And if I just mention at this point, is most cases they are charismatic leaders. And charismatic here is not the Christian Mm-mm. spiritual charismatic. They have charisma, they are very persuasive, they are believable. You know, so that when they tell you something, they tell it with such conviction that even though you doubt in your mind, you give them the benefit of that doubt. So you say, I could be the one that is wrong. So you could be hearing, Uh. go out and eat grass, and your mind is telling you this is not right. But then this is the man of God who is so persuasive and perhaps can even show you from scriptures (laughs) And so it is you now who says I'm the one who must be on the wrong. And so you go ahead and do what they are saying. So those are the people we are calling susceptible followers. Uh, They are doing, they are following blindly. And that was found to be one of the factors this leads
0: research just mm. to clarify was mm. actually not even on
1: religious leadership no this is this is this is general leadership in fact oh, I, there was no religion in it i don't think that religious leaders were included but i need to check again so this was general leadership within organizations and countries so it was uh, just finding out what are them the key factors and the leader was one of them, the destructive leader, yes, but which we have looked at, yes. but then they were susceptible followers, followers. blind hmm. followers. That's what we'll, what the Bible would call them. So if you look at if you look at organizations, if you look at institutions, if you look at nations, uh, if you look at uh, when I say organizations, the religious organizations like uh, uh, like churches and beyond religious, beyond churches, other religions. For example, how do you get a person to tie bombs around themselves and go and blow themselves up? It is not just a destructive leader.
0: Something is so there, wrong there is with the follower. something wrong with the follower. The one who tied the bomb.
1: Exactly. Because they have been so convinced to the extent that they believe this is a right thing to do. That's why they go out there and do it. So, susceptible followers and we will be looking at those later. And then there's the number three is conducive environments. Conducive environments. That there are situations and circumstances that make it possible for a destructive liver, leader to thrive. And we'll mm. be... Yeah. For example... For example, when people are in a desperate situation, the people, the people are in a desperate situation. It's like a person who is drowning; they will cling to any anyone sense of hope.
0: Yeah, anyone who offers hope.
1: Yeah. So a situation where people are are uh, have been made or have been brought to the place where they are helpless. And hopeless, that kind of environment lends itself to destructive leaders. Mm. And therefore, you will find destructive leadership thrives in situations of desperation, poverty, uh, low self esteem, uh, hunger, all those kinds of things, you know when people find themselves in those kinds of environment uh if you find people in abject poverty Mm -hmm. they are willing to follow anyone who seems to have hope
0: who promises
1: yes a breakthrough yes so they 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 are ready to do that if you, you 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 come into church environment we are talking about you'll find that many of the people who find themselves in these situations are in a One sense of disparation or another, and therefore, any hope that can be offered, they are willing to cling on to it.
0: Sickness,
1: sicknesses, you know. Yeah,
0: Uh,
1: by the way, sometimes also organizations that have become so what can I call it? They have become, um, I'm trying to get the right word, but it's not coming Mm. where people become dependent on the organization. That is not the correct word I'm looking for, but let me use it for for description. Mm -hmm. Where a person is feeling, if I leave this organization, what will happen to me? Where else can I go? So you are hanging on in there for dear life. You can see this thing is bad. Things are not right. But at the same time, you are thinking if i jump out there's only the yeah i die <laughs> you know so you you remain there even though you know things are not actually going the right direction so those kinds of situations can also make it possible for a destructive leader or leadership to survive to, to which thrive. sounds
0: very interesting because i'm thinking then it becomes a cycle because I am thinking that then uh, the destructive leader or destructive leadership in its manipulating nature mm-hmm. will cause people to to again think this is the only This place is the only way.
1: Yes, this is the only place I go out I die. die exactly.
0: Or oh, right, like in certain um, church setups. I go out I'm cast.
1: You are cast. Exactly. Those those are environments that make it so you may find people in there who are not happy with the way things are happening and very clear in their minds that something is wrong but they are afraid to get out because what will happen to me?
0: A vicious cycle.
1: It is a vicious cycle. Very vicious. Cycle. So those are the three, the five, five features that conducive
0: environment was not a sixth one
1: or it's under. No, no, no. This is under the.
0: It's under number five. It's
1: number five. Number five has three factors Uh that were found up, uh, including the destructive. We were saying that the outcomes are not exclusively on the destructive leader.
0: That's what number five says. Yes. So we said number one, under five, you can have blind followers, susceptible, gullible followers. Yes. Uh, Number two, a conducive environment. What's number three?
1: The destructive leader himself. Oh. So there's the leader, there's the follower, and there's the environment. Okay. Those those are the three uh, in number five. Okay. The three factors that can perpetuate Destructive leadership. All right. So, maybe before we go now into the details of each of what we have said, maybe somebody has a question.
0: Let me get you some questions and some comments. Uh, Emily Nyambura, I think yours is just. Uh Comment says, "I'm a leader in my organization, and I'm really learning from you, Bishop. I'm following keenly." And she said, "God bless you." Full stop.
1: Weird. Yeah, thank you.
0: <laughs> and uh, this one says, "I worked in a family organization. The CEO. Uh, let me, let me, be, let me just read this before. Okay, the CEO." is of a certain religious persuasion, mm. the branch leader of a different religious persuasion, this branch leader ensures that only people of his religious persuasion are promoted. And the management just watches. What's your advice to people in such situations, both employees
1: and management? Um, Well, depending on the structure of the organization, Mm. there may be, as we have said here before, a good structure, a well-structured organization will always have everybody accountable to someone. So there's no one powerful person who has no authority over them Mm -hmm. so a good organization should always be organized that way so therefore if your top leader is you can see they are going in the wrong direction or doing wrong things then you are able to take it to the people or persons who are over them and raise concerns this is what we are seeing uh, happening within our at our branch, yes, at our For this branch, case. yes. So that raising that alarm without creating trouble is part of your responsibility as a member of the team.
0: And this time they can go directly to the CEO. It seems to me.
1: If it's a branch, there's a CEO. It's a
0: branch leader. Yes. But the CEO is of a different persuasion. Yes. So they can go directly.
1: Exactly. And. Make their complaint. Make their complaint, or no, may, it may not be a complaint, but make their observation.
0: Their observation. Don't, don't
1: complain. Yeah, just observe. People, yes, I have observed. I have observed. <laughs> you may because sometimes, by the way, you could observe things because of the lenses you are wearing, mm. and so you are able. Say, for example, in 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 our very ethnically tribalized environment very very positive objective appointments can be made but because you are wearing the ethnic lenses you see a pattern okay
0: mm.
1: and you read into those patterns and you say this person must be been appointed because of this
0: mm-hmm.
1: when in reality that may not have been the issue so that's why you as a member, you are always tentative in your observations. All right. So yes. you can go to the leadership and say, "I am making some observations. I could be wrong. Mm. But this is what I am seeing. Okay, can anything be done about it? Mm. You may find that the leadership at the top may not have seen what you have seen. Yes. Or they may have seen, but they are not seeing it in the same way you are seeing it. Because for them, everybody was appointed by merit. And if it happened to be people of the same, one persuasion, it just happened. And so therefore, they had not seen what you have seen. Yes. But by bringing it out, then now their eyes are open to also see things. From your perspective,
0: uh-huh. and
1: especially if you add that people are concerned,
0: yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> they are. Then a good leader will take your advice and see if there is anything that can be done, all right. But at least you have raised the matter, okay, rather than just keeping quiet mm. and making and complaining, okay, yeah.
0: Uh, someone laughed when you said. That it doesn't take that kind of intelligence, uh, we were talking about, especially looking at uh, at the pr- former president Mugabe. Yes, that it doesn't take that kind of intelligence to see signs like driving on portholes,
1: <laughs> you don't need to
0: be that intelligent.
1: Surely, and you can see. And Kaiwa
0: of Narok really <laughs> laughed at that. Thank you, Jeffrey Wafula of Karen Hardy, thank you for your comment, just saying thank you for Leadership Forum, Bishop. I am blessed. Hello, Bishop. Could there be a link between destructive leadership and something that I heard about that's called founder syndrome? How about in child situations where you are told, touch not the anointed? How do you deal with a situation where the founder exerts disproportionate control over an organization and interferes with others with other managers
1: decisions that is part of destructive leadership because you see once you are a founder of an organization yes and you have brought members into your team yes then you have now a team to work with That's why you brought them there in the first place. And they're supposed to help you run your organization, really. Yeah. And good founders who want their organizations to move to the next level, allow then the people that they are working with to give input on how this organization can grow to the next level. This is your team. Jesus is a founder of the church. Yes. He recruits us as his <laughs> workers and he calls us co- co-workers Ambassadors. with him. Eh. So now he allows us to exercise freedom in terms of how we run his work.
0: Quite a risk. But he does. quite a risk, but
1: he, yeah, but that's what it <laughs> takes. You
0: know? I know.
1: You can't do everything. So if you have If you have a shamba, a farm, and you have uh, employed people to work on your farm, you then cannot be in a place where you can't allow them to make decisions on how to manage that farm, because you are not there yourself
0: all the time. All the time. Yeah. They
1: are the ones, if it is livestock, they are the ones who know when which one is sick, which mm. one is given birth, the, how they, well, they are to, to feed them and so on and so forth. So your first and foremost responsibility is to empower them. Once you have empowered them, then you are co-workers. Yes. You are co-workers.
0: And I should trust them. And it? you
1: should trust them. All right. So if you don't trust them, then come and do it yourself.
0: The link between destructive leadership and founder's syndrome?
1: Uh, Founder's syndrome... Is there a link? um, Not a direct link, Mm. but founders can turn out to be destructive leaders. Yeah, but not all founders are destructive. No. 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 So the the link is not a very direct, direct one.
0: It's not always.
1: It's not always. All right. It's not always.
0: How about touch not the anointed not the anointed that is yeah.
1: that's what we call coercion and manipulation
0: and yet, yet. and yet, yet what um and yet that's again taken from the scripture
1: Yes, even the devil used the scripture <laughs> 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 when he came to Jesus. The devil quoted the scriptures. He said, jump from the roof of this temple, and the angels will take hold of you. He will not suffer your foot to be stumbled. Mm. quoting directly from scriptures. That is manipulation. And many people are manipulated through the use of scriptures, which we call not use, but abuse of scriptures.
0: I know how I'll ask you that question. Ask again. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the place for the respect of authority when there is destructive leadership?
1: I'm glad you used the word respect. When a person, and I think we have talked about it here before, when a leader gets to that place where they have to refer to their position, mm. it means they have lost in leadership. A leader does not have to refer to their position. No. When I get to the place where I have to tell people, don't you know I am the bishop of Sitam, I have lost it. Because people know. Yes, we they do. don't have to be reminded.
0: No, let me ask.
1: That <laughs> okay. <again. laughs> now, let me go let to me go. I, I have not finished trial. my answer. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you have used the word respect. Yes. Now, respect is and is not forced. So, when you say touch not the Lord's anointed, you are not gaining respect. That is what we are calling coercion. Mm. Right? Mm. People themselves when you conduct yourself in an anointed manner they will know i don't i should not touch the lord's anointed if you conduct yourself in a respectable manner people will respect you you do not have to tell them when you get to the place where you have to quote your source of authority it means you are losing on leadership, If as a father, I have to tell my children, don't you know I am the, your father? Or I have to tell my wife, don't you know I am the head of this house? I have lost it. If I have to tell my organization, don't you know I am the CEO? No, you have lost it. So a leader in the church does not have to say, don't touch the Lord's anointed. People already know that. They know it. So when they are touching the Lord's anointed, the Lord's anointed has come down to where he can be touched. That's why they are touching the Lord's anointed. Let me give an example that once I had one of our preachers uh, expound from Scripture, and it really was profound. All right. And uh, Billy Akane Mm -hmm. is one of a great expositors of the Bible. And he was speaking talking about Moses and how Moses lost on leadership. And soon after, God had removed him. Moses is leading the people of Israel, and people have become uh, rather rowdy and so on. And he goes to God and he says, This work is too heavy for me. Appoint other people. Mm-hmm. Literally, he resigned. He was resigning, <laughs> tendered his resignation. The appointing authority. Now, what was God's response? What was it so profound about the, God's response is when you look it at on the surface, sounds a good thing. So God tells, tells him, "Appoint leaders, twelve elders, one from each tribe, and let them help you with the work that you are doing." Now, I've always thought that was a very good thing. And the Bible says God took the power and authority that was on Moses and distributed it Mm -hmm. to the twelve. Soon after is when Miriam and Aaron challenge Moses. Soon after, you find that now the elders of Israel, the people of Israel, do not obey Moses. And the things, directions he has giving them. Because the he had been his authority was diminished in their eyes.
0: Because it's been distributed. It has
1: been distributed. And it was not distributed the way Jethro had said. That was a good distribution. This is literally taking away from you. It's what I'm calling a demotion. He had been demoted. In their eyes. Now they could challenge him. Previously, they would not even look at Moses on the face because his face was glowing. Mm. They would not raise their voices, they would not point fingers. The book of Numbers and the Book of Deuteronomy, read together, is where you get that picture more clearly. I had never seen it until uh, Billy Akani pointed it out. So he says that the angle of what he was calling the angle of elevation. When the angle of elevation is, is steep, people have to look up to the leader. When the angle of elevation is lowered, people look horizontally to the leader. You're almost at the same level.
0: I thought that's where we were going with transformational leadership.
1: Now. Mm this is angle of elevation in the sense not on your relationship but how people view you. The kind of respect and honor that they give you. You Mm -hmm. remember the first eye of transformational leadership is um, uh, the um, idealized idealized influence. influence. Yes, Yes, idealized influence. That is the first one. And we say it the leader behaves in such a way that people look to you and say, I also want to be like you. Mm-hmm. That is what you are calling the angle of elevation. That you have raised your bar in terms of your conduct that people admire. Yes, that's a word we use to you. Yes, Admirable. they admire the way you are. Naturally, they will give you respect. But when in your conduct you have gone so low and doing things that are not expected of a leader that is where now members will treat you just like any other person because you have lowered yourself to their level now when now they begin to challenge you the only thing you can do is to refer to your position don't you know I am the pastor the man of God. You should not touch the Lord's anointed. When you are behaving in the right way and you are up there, your countenance was glowing that they would cover their faces when they see you. They knew you are anointed. They did not have to be told. I don't know whether it makes sense. Mm. Yes. So a leader should conduct him or herself in such a way That they do not, people do not need to be told who is the leader. They respect you, but they also want to embrace you. Mm. So the Lord's anointed is not a word that should proceed from the mouth of any respected Christian leader, Mm. it's not necessary.
0: The anointing should have spoken for itself.
1: The anointing should be seen such that when people see you, they cover their faces. Because the anointing is flowing from your face. You are Mm. glowing with that anointing. But it's not an anointing that sends people away, but draws people nearer.
0: Yet, very respectfully. Yet,
1: very respectfully. But when you have lowered your Actions and your activities and your conduct—that there's no anointing, then they will treat you like a person who is not anointed. Common, a commoner, and that is where now you will have to draw your authority from your position.
0: Draw attention to this. (laughs) Say by the way,
1: just remember that I'm the Lord's anointed. No, we don't. If you are anointed, we don't have to be told. We will see it. If you are respectable. People will respect you. You don't have to tell them, respect me. Okay. Yeah. So it is very sad when a a leader gets to the place where they demand respect. It's very sad. When a leader gets to the place where they demand respect, a leader's conduct should be such that they draw respect. People just respect them. Mm. And it's a very positive kind of respect, you know. It's not that people, when you arrive, people run away. Fear and respect are very different things. All right. Yeah, I know in most of our local languages, the two words are the same. They are
0: the same. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. in my
1: local language, fear and respect are the same. In English, they are nicely separate and different. So people can fear you, but they don't respect you. Yes. People should respect you without fearing you.
0: All right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's a long answer to a short question. Wow. Join us next week, same time, for another episode of the, the Leadership, Leadership Forum. Forum.